Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel. And I'm Rick. Hi, Joel. What's up? So I want to talk about something today, Dad. Um, I have this theory that most people don't necessarily know what they want, but they know what they don't want. And so where most of us, I think, are running from stuff rather than running to some, something. I think that's what King Solomon was talking about uh, in Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. He says, where there is no vision, the people dwell without restraint. And I think most of us would say, well, I don't know what I, I for sure want, but I know I don't want to be poor. Yeah. I don't want to be alone. So we're constantly in this mode of running from the thing we're afraid of. And you have no definitive, like, like you can't define when you've arrived at what you're running to. So the answer to, well, I just don't want to be poor. Well, how much is enough? A little yeah. bit more. Yeah. I don't want to be alone. Well, how much is enough? Just I just got to have people around me all the time. And I think that's where Jesus says, guys, you really don't know what your desires are. You really, uh, and honestly, our desires change. I mean, what right. I wanted when I was 18 versus what I want now. Yeah. He says, that's why he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things you're you're wanting will be given to you as well. It's the, we're, you know, the Psalm that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Most of us don't really even know what our real desires are, but God made us and he knows what our true desires are. So that's where I have this theory that uh, a lot of times we're so focused on what we don't want that we never actually get focused on what we do want. And that's where the answer is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because he knows what you really want. That's good. Okay. All Should said we close done. in prayer? Let's close in prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take an altar call and an offering. But I want to talk about this idea of running from stuff because I think sometimes people think they they are running towards something. Yeah. But really what it is, it's it's a, a past experience they've had, a fear they've had. Um, and if you don't ever stop to evaluate it, you just spend your life, it's basically reaction mode. Anything that looks like the thing that's threatening you, you just kind of run from it. Yeah. Well, you know, I can see that. And I think part of the reason for that, some of it may be kind of temperament because with my temperament, I would have, mm. I could have that tendency if I weren't really pursuing the Lord, mm. you know, um, because what, like you said, you know, I mean, if I, if I weren't really running after him, then I would just, I would just know what I didn't want because what I didn't want is very tangible. I experienced it. I felt it. I tasted it. I lived it. I, yeah, man, I do not want that, but I don't really know what the opposite of it is. I mean, the opposite of poor is rich. Maybe, I don't know what's rich as you were saying. But so I, that is a, a sort of an ethereal concept out there and I'm not the ethereal concept kind of a guy, you know? So I think with my temperament and maybe, maybe others too, you know, that the tendency is, okay, this is real. I know that. And I do not want that, but I'm not really sure what I do want. And so, yeah, that would be a very natural tendency. And I think, man, you just, that was a great answer. The, uh, seek first the kingdom. Um, because that, which, which that in itself seems ethereal. Um, yeah, kind of. It's like, what does that mean? Well, but I think yeah. it's because, uh, again, we did another podcast about principles. I think it, it ties in with that. It's like, um, there's not a hard and fast answer because we're all growing. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about principles is they're flexible with that, with our growth. And you learn kind of the deeper layers of what they mean in your life. But I don't even think seek the principle, the, seek the kingdom means even living in accordance with his law necessarily. I think he is the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. Seek his best, the best for the kingdom, the best right. for others, the best for... Which I would say it's his order, what he values. Yeah, it's both, but I think you could get into, oh, by seeking the kingdom, I got to do this and I got to do that. And if I do my Bible study and if I do this and I do that, instead of really seeking him. Yeah. And, and I know that's even more ethereal. How do I seek God? 
Well, I mean, if you, that's an interesting thing too, because if you think of psychology and psychology, they say that some, some of the greatest fulfillment humans have is in the pursuit of a goal, not in the attainment of a goal. Yeah, okay. And which is interesting that Jesus, he didn't say find the kingdom of God. He said, seek it because it's, a, it's, it's never expanding. Yeah. I mean, the kingdom of God is infinite. Yeah, like, that's true. I never what it means. Of that. And mm-hmm. so the idea is he's like, you just keep seeking your whole life. Yeah. And I mean, that's how, I think that's where a lot of us stop growing is we just decide, well, I've got enough knowledge to make me feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. Uh, but because the more you seek, the more it's going to jolt you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still being rattled, you know, and, yeah. and that's the thing. I see so many people um, who they've got it packaged and they think they understand it all. And if anybody comes with something that rattles their little theological cage, they just clang the door locked and keep it out. Because right. I right. don't want anything to rattle my cage. I had a guy tell me that the other day. He's like, don't be reading material like that. That's going to mess you up. Yeah. I'm like, what do you think? I'm five? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe if I'm five, don't be reading material like that. But I've seen a lot of stuff, man. Like, yeah. It, yeah. Well, and I've, I read some things that I go, man, that's, and sometimes it changes me. And sometimes I go, I don't really think so. You just need to bring it all back to the word. Cause it really doesn't matter what you think about it. What does the yeah. word say about it? Yeah. So if you read something and, well, this makes pretty good sense. Does it line up with the word? And that's where it's so important too, to have other people in your life, other spiritual leaders and people in your life who are solid in the word. I remember one time I was, I was, you know, meditating and praying and just reading the Bible and stuff. And man, I had this great revelation about the spirit and God and what he was doing. And I, I went to this pastor friend of mine, uh, Sam Kelly, who was a mentor of mine. And I went and I said, Pastor Kelly, let me tell you this. And blah, blah, blah. And I shared this with him. And he looked at me and says, well, what about this passage of scripture? Oh, yeah. Uh, it kind of yeah, sank that. Yeah. Okay, never mind. But I could have gone on and built a whole doctrine, a whole denomination on right, that, you know, right. it's just... It's so easy to do that if you don't have other people iron sharpening iron. Which I think that's where having a fixed point in the distance we're moving toward rather than something we're running away from keeps us in line. Yeah, it does. I remember growing up uh, when I was learning to drive and um, oh yeah, I was always like, I don't know why I was obsessed with like, how do you stay in these lines? And you told me one time, you're like, don't, don't focus on the lines. Focus on a fixed point in the distance and just be perpetually kind of keeping your sight up there and you just naturally stay within the lines. And I think that's a great picture of with a lot of us and again, it goes back to that verse where it says, where there's no prophetic vision, which a prophetic vision is simply a picture of what the future should look like, could look like. People cast off restraint, like you're driving over the lines, right? Yeah. But when you've got a fixed point in the distance, um, I think when you're running from something, you'll run any direction to get away from it. When you're running towards something, you can't run in any direction. You have to run in the direction that gets you to where you want to go. Yeah, yeah. So that's the power, I think, of that is... and. And, but so many of us, because, you know, we had a wacky growing up or something, you know, um, I don't want to be that. And the weirdest thing is we often end up becoming that if we don't have a defined idea of what, which is where modeling kind of finding a mentor is so important. Like if, you know, I had you as as a dad, right? So I've got an idea of what a godly parent looks like, but I meet so many people and they're just like, I got nothing. I got nothing. So they're running away from being like their dad but they have nothing to run toward because yeah. they haven't found a mentor or somebody to, to, to look to. You know, and the really sad thing is what, like in my generation, when we were growing up, we at least, even if you had a miserable home life, you could watch, we make fun of them, but you could watch Leave it to Beaver on TV. Right, like the idealistic family. Yeah, yeah. and you could at least see an example of a, the, a kind father who was wise and, you know, he made mistakes, but he, you know, you had examples at least on TV. Now, 
the examples on TV are like, golly, you don't want to follow that thing, you know? Right. And so we don't, yeah, there really is a lack of examples in our society. So you don't even know what to run toward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's where you you can find it. You just aren't going to find it. And that's the importance of being in a a good, solid church fellowship. I mean, that's where I found it a lot. When I got away from home, left home at 17, joined the military, um, and just immersed myself in church. You know, when I wasn't, you know, on duty or something, if the doors were open, I was going to be there. And there were men who I could look to. I, I don't know that I was sharp enough to intentionally look to them, but I just surrounded myself with, with guys like that. And then my peers, godly guys that were, you know, running after the Lord and seeking to please God and seeking to make him number one in their life. And, you know, you mentioned seeking first the kingdom. I'll tell you what, what one of the passages that I think has been sort of mine out there that I'm looking toward is in first John three. It's one of my favorites. It says, uh, right now we are the children of God. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't yet appear what we shall be, for when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And that has been one of my targets. It's like, okay, that's my goal, is to be like him. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm not going to get here now, but I realize I will get there. I am going to cross that line. I will get there, because it promises me, when I see him, I'll be like him. So in the meantime, I'm going to run in that direction. And then that's where the scripture brings in all the guardrails on the sides. Okay, so how was he? Well, he was kind to those who didn't deserve it. He was merciful. He God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world. So what business do I have judging other people? Paul says you judge those in the church, but you don't judge those out of the church. And so it's a it's a constant um, adjustment, figuring out who this guy is that I'm going to be like when I see him as he is. And again, as you said, you're seeking the kingdom. I realize I'm not going to get there in this life until I see him. But I've got that goal that I'm shooting for, that I'm running toward, that I'm moving toward. I want to become more and more like him. And that's what success is. Am I becoming more and yeah. more like him? Which, I mean, I've, I've said that for a while. I believe as Christians, success is a direction, not a destination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're already successful when you say, I'm going to set my life in alignment with the kingdom of God and his principles, and, and I'm going to go for that. And that you're already successful at that point yeah. because the seeking is the success. Yeah. Well, that's tweetable. Let me write that down. <laughs> I was talking to a guy the other day, a little while ago, and uh, a fella came into his house and he, it was a guy he was ministering to. And this guy, uh, he sat there and he came from a really messed up background. And he, and he said this, he said, I just want to break the chains that I want to break the history. I want to break my family's traditions and become a believer as a believer. And after he left, I said, he's already done it. And the guy said, yeah, he has. He's already done it. But that was his big goal was I don't want to, I want to walk in the way of the Lord yeah. and not walk in the way of my abusive, alcoholic, you know, drug infested family. Mm-hmm. And he had, he had the picture set. He had to be careful because you have to have the picture set on being like Jesus, not, not being like that. Yeah. Because what you focus upon as in driving, you do tend to go toward, you focus upon that yellow line in the middle, you're going to naturally be drawn toward that's why you keep your focus as it says in hebrews fix your eyes on jesus the author and the finisher of our faith fix your eyes on him focus upon him because then you'll be drawn toward him if you focus upon i'm not gonna be like my alcoholic dad i'm not gonna be like my drunken family or whatever guess what you're gonna go toward that yellow line it's natural yeah and and again it's that it goes back to proverbs 2018 which is 
you know, I had an idea of what that meant when I was young, but now it's I got a whole another idea about what that means is that where there is no prophetic vision, the people dwell without restraint. Yeah. And I just see that in so many ways. And one of the ways we dwell without restraint is we just keep adding more. It's like, well. No restraint. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like, no I'm limits. just going to, it's like, you know, adding stuff to your backpack. I use that analogy all the time. Yeah. I'm like, well, I might need this in the future. Yeah. But the, do you realize how much you're going to be carrying on your shoulders on the journey to take this? And I think we add and add and add when we're trying to run from something rather than looking at where am I going? So, you know, I don't need flip-flops if I'm going to be going to hike the snows of Kilimanjaro, right? Yeah. And right. I don't need a parka if I'm going to be in the jungles of the Amazon. So you don't need to bring that stuff with you, but you don't, you don't get to make that decision if you, I mean, you don't, you don't, uh, until you know kind of where you're trying to go, yeah. you don't know what to leave behind. And yeah, so good point. We, we keep adding stuff. So let me ask you something though, because, okay, I can see that in the backpack situation. What are some things people add to their life? Uh, not, not materially, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, one of those people, approval, approval of man. I see so many people that they, they're like, well, what? a guy called me the other day and he's like, man, I, I really feel like we need to take our house off the market. And um, I feel like we jumped the gun on that, but uh, the realtor is going to be really mad at me and i'm like yeah. so you're gonna sell your house to make a realtor happy <laughs> i'm like who freaking cares what the it, but it's this fear of man and disappointing man that, yeah. that you know but if god's telling you to do something you may disappoint a bunch of people yeah but i see it literally causes people to freeze up or hold back from doing what god's called them to do fear of looking foolish is something they put in their backpack these are you know they're That's not super tangible things yeah but um i think it's it's a it's a huge one i i think fear of of being alone is something that people add. Like, there are some seasons where you're just not going to have the crazy engagement and connection that you wish that you used to have. And I think God uses those seasons. Now, if we've created isolation, that's different than than feeling the the, the aloneness, yeah. right? But um, and I see a lot of people that what they'll do is rather than avoid loneliness, they'll just hang out with whoever they can. Anybody. They hang out with people even they don't they don't even like. Yeah, I see a lot of people dating too. Um, they create a lot of unnecessary suffering in their life because they're like, well, he's not the best, but at least I'm not alone. Yeah. Wow, man, that's sad. It is. But I hear that so much. Really? And, and I mean, yeah. I, but you know, if you got a hole in your heart where you just never felt approved of, never loved, you're like, yeah. well, this guy's with me. Yeah. He's abusing me. He talks down to me, but I know he's with me here. And yeah. it's the, yeah, so I, I think those are things that people add all the time. And then obviously there's the money thing. We just constantly, you know, again, like I talked about at the start. Um, well, how much is enough? Uh, a little more. A little bit more. Yeah, and so you're yeah. perpetually chasing this ghost that's never yeah. going to be enough, all because you're running from, I just don't want to be poor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, man, that's sad. <laughs> well, it is, <laughs> but I mean, I it's, the human, it's the human condition. It's what we do. So and, what's, I mean, what's the answer to that? Because again, I, I'm going to give the simplistic answer that, well, if you've got a hole in your heart and you just get around the people of God, spend time praying, spend, you know. I don't right, know, well, again, it's- too simple? I mean, this is the new book I'm working on is this. Basically, you seek what God values. And when you seek what he values, that's the story. Seek ye first the kingdom. Yeah, uh -huh. I mean, and the kingdom of God is what is his order. And when you live mm -hmm. in line with his order, you live in harmony with the seen and the unseen realities of our existence, okay? So you look at the, the, first, the first story of relational conflict in the Bible, okay? It's between Cain and Abel. Cain makes a sacrifice. God accepts Abel's sacrifice. Uh -huh. Cain's sacrifice he doesn't accept. Cain gets angry. 
lashes out at his brother eventually, which is what most of us do. We're actually angry at something about our existence, but we lash out at people around us. Uh-huh. And God's like, why are you angry? Why is your face fallen? If you do well, it will go well with you. If you do not, sin is crouching at your door, but you must rule over it. Sin, that word, kata, hamartia in Greek, it's an archery term. He basically says, hey, I don't really care what you sent to me. Like you aimed wrong, buddy. Yeah. You valued something I don't value and you don't get credit. There are wrong sacrifices. And I think a lot of us, we say, well, I'm making, you know, I'm making sacrifices for my family. And yeah. Like, well, it's not the right sacrifice. Yeah. Like what you need to sacrifice is make, making a little less money so you have more time to actually be with your family, right? And that's where I think we, we tend to get in trouble. The answer is, what does God value? And fortunately, he laid it out pretty clearly for us. Um, mm-hmm. What does God ask of you? Uh, first of all, do justly, do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your for your God. And that plays out in two types of relationships. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Like that's the whole sum of the law and the prophets. That's what Jesus yeah. said. Mm-hmm. So you always are focused on relationships as the key. Um, and when you're focused on relationships, first your relationship to God and first to man, the rest of the values are up for grabs, right? Because it changes in every season. Um, some, sometimes, uh, and, and I think there's certain relationships that are more important. I think a marriage relationship trumps a, a relationship with your child, right? So in each season, you have to look and go, okay, God first, if you're married, my spouse, then my kids, then what? Well, it may be a season where you really need to focus on your health because if you don't focus on your health, you're gonna die and nothing else is gonna take, like yeah. you're not gonna be able to go to work, right? Some seasons you do need to work a little bit more, but if it's, if it's a pattern, so it's this idea of what's the most important value right now in this season of life that's gonna be in line with what God values. Mm. So I've written you a know, whole book about it, so it's hard to unpack it in five minutes, but. <laughs> well, you know, what What makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, but I, but as I was thinking about it, it's like you talked about aiming at the wrong thing. So if you're dealing with loneliness and your aim is, I gotta conquer this loneliness, I gotta find somebody, you're aiming at the wrong thing. Right, right, right. You need to aim to please the Lord. Mm-hmm. You need to aim to follow him. If you're aiming at, oh, this is my problem, I need more money, you just aim to please the Lord. And and gosh, it's so simple. Seek ye first the it, kingdom of God. But man, I mean, it sounds... The challenge of that is it sounds so ethereal. You yeah, know, it does. Yeah, yeah, but I got real problems here, man. Yeah. Like, the, I'm seeking the kingdom of God, and they're still banging on the door trying to take my car back, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. And I know that seems like, it seems so ethereal, but again, I, I what's helped me a lot is, um, what's the worst thing that happens? So you take your car back. Uh, so what? Yeah. Now you don't have a payment. Okay, yeah. now you can afford to take an Uber, or you can afford to take a taxi to get to work or something. I'm just saying... You aren't dead yet. Mm-hmm. And them taking your car back or whatever the thing is. I mean, I understand. But the thing is, you got into that problem and situation, not overnight. And if you'll start walking in line with God's word, it will work out. He promises those who, you know, all things work together for good. Those who love the Lord, those who are called according to his their own purpose, purpose yeah. his purpose. Start walking in line with his purpose and it'll work out. And, that, and again, that has to do with setting your aim at the right thing. The aim is not to meet my need. The aim is to seek his kingdom. And then he says, all these things will be added. Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.